Take that bullshit. Yeah, y'all. Uh. We about to get into this, y'all. What's poppin', everybody? Y'all know it's me, Mark, aka the vet, and I'm live in the building, everybody. You know, I I, I want to say a couple things out here. You know, um. You know, it, it, it's been it's been a it's been some craziness going on in the NFL world today. You know, and I I just really want to know who the fuck picked Tebow to be their tight end. Who 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 the fuck wants to address Tebow? Let let's just address this issue for a minute. You know, out of anybody we could have picked on the team to be a tight end, a wide receiver, a quarterback. Uh, a running back, a safety, or dog, any a defensive back, regardless. But we talking about a tight end position where you got so many tight ends out there in around the world that can love that would love to be on the Jacksonville Jaguars. By the way, Urban Meyer. I love me some Urban Meyer though because Urban Meyer is a great head coach from Ohio State, which is well known around the world. I mean, which is well known around the U.S for being a top nose team, just like Alabama is and everybody, LSU, and we can, the list goes on. He's one of the type of coaches where you can you could talk about him. He's his name is in the papers. He he's one of them top head coaches. But for the dumbest move that I could ever say he made was make a Tim Tebow his his tight end. The tight end position he can block because he what because he's big in the body. You know what I mean? What? Because he can, he potentially can block. We talk about the man that couldn't make it as a quarterback in the NFL. You know, this man has been out the NFL for six years, six long years. He didn't make it on any team in the six year span that he left the NFL for. And now he gets another shot at the NFL after being gone for six years, six long years. He's been gone for, by the way. I'm going to keep iterating six years, okay? Because there's a point to the, there's a reason to the madness of why I keep saying six years. Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow. I, I, I can't say enough about this man. You know, I can't say that, you know, in 20, he was a 2010 first round pick. Spent time with four NFL teams over the past five years through his he only appeared in the regular season games over his first three campaigns. He started in 14 contests for the Denver Broncos between 2010 and 2011, posting an eight and six record under center. Now he gets a one year deal as a tight end. However, the organization reportedly hasn't settled on a unanimous decision on this. But y'all go get Tim Tebow. You sign him to a one-year deal. Doesn't mean the team, the man is going to make the team, though. But it's just shocking news that you guys went out there and you leaped into free agency. You leaped out of the free agency. Let me say this again. Let me rephrase myself. You leaped out of free agency. You leaped off the bandwagon. Okay? Y'all leaped off the bandwagon to go sign a man that hasn't played in six years. Six years. Now, Colin Kaepernick, as I should say, has been out the league for three to four years now. Three or four years now. Three to four seasons. We're going on, I think, his fourth season he's been out the NFL. Four. The man has done nothing wrong but take a knee. He took a knee, and he took a knee for social justice, which is now everybody's publicizing now about social injustice. And now it's being worldwidely known of social injustice that's going on in America today. But they leap off the page 
to sign Tim Tebow. Cap could have been a perfect, not a perfect back, he could have been a perfect backup quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, leading a young man in just no in Trevor Lawrence in in the league today. Could have been the best backup quarterback for any team. Could have won actual comeback player of the year, the comeback player of the year award, just by suiting up every game. You don't have a potential backup quarterback that could go out there and make shit happen for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You got Trevor Lawrence, which you picked in the first round of the play of of the draft this year. Congratulations, kudos to you, Urban Meyer. But you better have a strategy. You better be going with something because digging for for Tim Tebow, even though he's your former quarterback for your team, you must got something going on. You must be trying to mix in something here for the Jacksonville Jaguars to explode this year, even though you still got Garner Minshew, which he's probably still, I don't know if he's still on the team or not yet, but that's neither here nor there. But let's just talk about this. Out of everybody that you could have gone and gotten, that you could have leaped out there and got, you took Tim Tebow. Now, I don't have a problem with Tim Tebow, but if we all seen what he can do, if you put him in a wide out position, he couldn't catch a pass. He couldn't break free from the defender at all, period. What you going to tell me? This man gained some type of speed over the over the last six years. He gained some type of recognition just because he's competitive. I mean, I love the competitive spirit, but goddamn, give it up, Tebow. You're not the, what, what you used to be. The game has gotten a lot faster. The game has gotten a lot tougher over the past six years, and you want to step back into those realms. Now, Jason Witten, on the other hand, got back in the league, joined the Dallas Cowboys, his former team. You know, he went out there and he did some great, amazing things with the Dallas Cowboys, which was nothing, because the Cowboys still didn't go anywhere, though. But look what he did. He played tight end. He was their tight end. To give, you know, uh, Dak Prescott out there some some type of help a little bit, though. But y'all go get Tim Tebow. Yes, he may know how to, you know, call some plays on the field a little bit, though, recognize the defense a little bit, though. But this defense has gotten a hell of a lot faster as the years came about, these are young people out there, not the old folks anymore that used to be in the league anymore. This is not your prime years of your success years that you had in the NFL no more. This is not those kind of years where you can be clutch in the middle of the game anymore. Teams need more than a clutch player nowadays. Teams need that star-making player nowadays that can go out there and go get it and get you a couple downs or whatever have you. Now, I'm interested in seeing how Tim Tebow is going to play out in the NFL again at the tight end position, though. I'm real curious to figure out how he's going to fit into a system of young players and young other players that's joining his team out there. I'm very interested in seeing that, very highly interested in seeing if he can make a catch. How many yards is he going to, you know, is he going to get this year? Will it be over 500? Matter of fact, I'm going to take a poll out to see. I'm going to ask the people, does Tim Tebow get over 500 yards receiving yards this year? Or will he get under 500 yards this season? If he makes it in the NFL, if he can get in in the tight end position this year. I want to ask my fan base, I want to ask my audience members, do you all think Tim Tebow can make it as a tight end in the NFL? If y'all vote yes, y'all put the like, share, comment, I mean, like, share, and comment underneath the show once it posts tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., everybody. I just want to let, I just, I really want to hear from you all, the people, the voices on the Relic Sports Show. Y'all can send a comment through Messenger. Y'all can send a comment on the page underneath the uh, show line once y'all hear the show. But 
who takes Tim Tebow? I mean, I just really want to know. I'm going on a rampage right now a little bit, though, about this because I kind of feel some type of way about it because, like I said, Ray Rice, who, you know, could have had another chance in the NFL, never got a chance in the NFL, never got a second chance after what he did. Never got a second chance of making another way into the NFL when so many other people have gotten second chances at the game, at the running back position. But y'all give Tim Tebow, the man that takes a knee and praises. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's something wrong with that. But y'all go get him. That's that. That's the problem. It's not my team. It's not the football team, though, but it's – so I, I guess we're going to be yelling in the stands when we see Tebow get in on the field or when he suits up on the field. It's going to be what? It's Tebow time. What, 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 what kind of shit is that? I just want to know what kind of shit is that. But I'm going to say enough of more Tebow situation, though, here, everybody. Enough with him. I'm gonna move into the next topic at hand, everybody, uh, and let let let's let's just move on here a little bit, people. Let's just move on here. The biggest topic of the of the week, and it just happened yesterday, though. You know what I mean? I want to give all praises, all praises, to Mister Number One, Mister Triple Double, Mister Russell Westbrook, for breaking Oscar Robinson's record. For the most triple doubles, the most triple doubles in NBA history, everybody. Gotta give him a round of applause for that man. He, he he did that though. He really did that thing. He he did his thing. He broke the record last night in a game that they that the Wizards lost though by chance, you know, uh by a point. They lost against the Atlanta Hawks, but he still broke the record with 28 points, 21 assists. And 13 rebounds. If that man wasn't killing it last night, though, man, I don't know what to tell y'all, man. Y'all know how hard it is to get a triple-double in the NBA. Y'all know how much work ethic this man puts in every night to go out there just to get one triple-double a game every night, though. This man has been working his butt off his entire career to get to where he's at, though. I would love to see this man get a ring. That's my biggest thing, though, with him. I would love to see this man get a ring before he gets out of the NBA, before he retires out of the NBA. I mean, if he could pull the Wizards up and get the Wizards out there to get a to get a chance to breathe on a ring, I would love him for that. You know, it, it, it's it's sad that you get the it's it's happy times though. I should say that you get the triple double record. But you don't have a, a ring to go behind that, though. You know, but I'm going to give this man his kudos. I'm going to give this man his praises. I'm going to give this man everything that he deserves because he deserves it all. He he really deserves everything, all the praises right now for getting the triple-double record. And if y'all don't praise him right now, there's something's really wrong with you guys. Something's really wrong with you guys. I know um, I've been kind of a little bit hating on Russ a little bit, though. You know, sometimes, though, I hate on him, though, because he doesn't have a ring to follow behind that. Breaking records and breaking everything like that, though, around the league, yeah, that that that's pretty cool to me, though. But I'd rather see some rings behind that. Like, you know, Carmelo Anthony just got on, is up there in the top 10 all-time scoring list. He broke the T's in the top 10 now, officially, on the all-time leading scoring list. You know, that's something that is, that that's something that's hard to do, to score that many points throughout the seasons that you've been in the league for. You understand what I'm saying, everybody? So, kudos to him. Kudos to Russell Westbrook for doing your jobs. Kudos to y'all for doing y'all jobs. I, I I can't praise y'all enough though. You know what I mean. Y'all are two legends in the game. Y'all are two Hall of Famers in the game, and y'all have changed the game from what it was today to what it is now. 
Y'all have changed the game. You have changed the mentality of the game. From what it used to be to what it is now. Y'all have changed the game. Y'all are game changers. Y'all are game changers. And I appreciate that. You know, um, Bradley Bill with all his 50 points scoring for the Washington Wizards, man. Y'all got to give praises to these. Y'all got to give the praises to them, man. And like I said, though, even though the Wizards lost last night to by a point last night, though, the game was still, still, you know, up for grabs last night, though. It was still up for grabs, and they could have gotten it. But the Wizards sit right now in the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference. They will play in the play-in to the playoff run. It's like a wild card. If y'all don't know what the play-in uh, play to the playoffs mean, is this. What happens is, is that you're. it's a wild card for the NBA. It's what it essentially is. You play into the you play into the uh, playoffs. You get your opportunity to play into the playoffs. You get your opportunity now to have that wild card seed that that fully didn't make it into the playoffs. That didn't have the greatest of the records to get into the playoffs. Now you're giving more teams the opportunity to play it out in a double elimination round to get into the playoffs to play the potential number one seed in the playoffs or play the number two seed in the playoffs. This is the this is the battle of the wild card. You win one game and you win the second game, you're in. Regardless, you're in. You win two games, you're in. All you got to do is win two games and you're in. Then you play a seven-game series against the number one team in the NBA or the number two team in the NBA. That's that that speaks volumes if the Wizards can win two games and get in. Two games and you're in. That's all you got to do is win two games and you're in. If the Wizards can get into the playoffs, I think they can have a chance to make it past the first round. They have might they have a chance to make it past the first round of the playoffs. Just the first round. I'm not saying the second round. I'm not saying that, you know, to make it all the way to the third round. I mean, if you're going up against the Philadelphia 76ers. We have seen throughout the years how the 76ers play in the playoffs. This is a team that doesn't really show up in the playoffs. You know, yes, of course, if you got Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they really don't show up in the playoffs. Embiid might show up one night, Ben Simmons might not. Or you might have both players clicking on all cylinders one night, and that is it. The 76ers ain't what they used to be, but they're the number one seed right now in the in the Eastern Conference for right now. They are. They're only three games. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are three games behind the 76ers right now. Three games behind the 76ers. The Milwaukee Bucks are just four games out of first place right now. So going in right now into the into the playoffs right now, the number one seed will be the 76ers right now if the playoffs started today. Brooklyn, <laughs> and there's been a lot of commentary going on right now, too, about Brooklyn and the New York and the New York Knicks, though, too, as well. So everybody's saying if Brook if the New York Knicks just make it past the first round, or they just get it, they they're already they're already in the playoffs, period, right now, anyway. Okay, with their with their starting three, with their just three players on the team, Derrick Rose, and 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 the other two starting players on their team, they could just make it. Derrick Rose is going to put out a performance coming off the bench. We all know that, you know. Um, Julius Randle and the boys, they're they're just there. They're they're going to put on a performance. For their team to win, you understand what I'm saying? They're gonna put on a, they're gonna put on a, and Barrett, they're gonna put on a performance to win in these playoffs. Now, last year, nobody would have ever suspected that the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat in the bubble, would do what they have done 
to do what they did in the bubble last year to make it all the way to the finals last year was something remarkable by Jimmy Butler and them boys. That was just something remarkable that they did. Even though they lost, they still made it out the East. Is the is is what I'm saying here. They made it out the East last year. In a competitive league last year. Even though it was put down due to COVID. You know, a lot of players didn't play last year. But the league was still competitive last year. It was still competitive. You still saw the fight. You still saw the adrenaline rush on players' faces last year just to play basketball. Just to play basketball last year. They had their fighting edge just to play. Now, even if the New York Knicks lose this year in the first round of the playoffs, they're still relevant. They're still going to be relevant regardless. They made it to the playoffs after being in a drought. Now, Brooklyn has stacked the deck in so many fashionable ways. Brooklyn has stacked the deck against everybody out east. They have stacked the deck. They got Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, the big three out in Brooklyn. The big three out in Brooklyn right now. Just the big three. You don't understand what I'm saying, everybody? Just the big three. You know, and the question of the hour is, they also got Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan as their centers. Blake Griffin, who could play two ways, play the power forward and the center position. KD, who could play the power forward position, the small forward position, and the shooting guard position, if needed to. You got players that can shoot the ball and can dominate a court with just their top five players. With just the top five players, though. Y'all understand what I'm saying here. Just their top five can dominate. But now, you got people that are ball dominant. They got to have the ball in their hands just to dominate the, the, the play of action for themselves. They got to set it up for themselves. And James Harden, Kyrie Irving, who can dish the ball out there and pass it around a little bit, though. But, yeah, we're we not discredited for that. But they're ball-dominant players. KD don't have to have the ball in his hand. You can pass him the rock, and he just shoots the three, and that's it. You drive it to the lane, KD could just drive it in the lane and pop up a two-pointer. He could pop up a jump shot at any range. But in the same aspect of breath, though, is, is this. Can these three players, can all five players gel together in a playoff game and win it? Can they make it to a conference championship game? Can these players make it to a championship game and win it? Because the pressure is not on the rest of the league in the Eastern Conference. It's not on the pressure on them. The pressure is now officially on the Brooklyn Nets. Can they do the unthinkable, which they should, which everybody has them winning the East this year. They have everybody has them winning the East, quite frankly, this year. But can they do the unthinkable and win? Just win it all. And say that their team was competitive because they stacked the deck, just like Golden State did. Just a few years ago, Golden State did the same thing against LeBron. Just like the Lakers did when Kobe, Shaq, Carl uh, Malone, Gary Payton, Derek Fisher, Rick Fox, Sasha Bujicic, the list goes on. Shaquille O'Neal, one of the best power for, I mean, one of the best power centers to ever, one of the best power centers to ever dominate the game. In this time frame. Just like Michael Jordan. And the Chicago Bulls. Yeah Jordan had help. Scottie Pippen. Dennis Rodman. Luke Longley. Ron Harper. 
You understand what I'm saying? And, 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 and I can't forget about Tony Kukoc. Please don't let me forget about uh um ah shoot and I lost the train of thought right there a little bit though um God dang I was I was I was on something everybody hold on y'all hold on everybody I I, I got to get back into it Steve Kerr that's what it was Steve Kerr can't forget about Steve Kerr with his three point shot you know just like the Bulls in the nineties. Brooklyn has that that big three now, just like Boston in their big three. Rondo, KG, Paul Pierce in their prime, big baby. When them two teams met up against, when the two teams of the Lakers and the Boston Celtics went up against each other for the first time, Kobe met them up. They lost. Kobe lost. Came back the next year and put... Boston on their backs in a game seven and won it. They won. They won. So can big threes lose is the question. Yes, big threes can lose in the NBA game. They can get overpowered. Things can happen. Injuries can happen. It can happen. Will teams fall apart after they get their first ring? It happens. It happens. Look at Kyle Lowry now and the Toronto Raptors. They're competitive. Don't get me wrong. They're still competitive in the East. They're they're competitive, but they're not competitive enough. They're not competitive enough. Kawhi Leonard left them. Let me say that again. Kawhi Leonard opted out of the, I mean, left in free agency. Had a chance to stay in Toronto and and, and kind of help develop Toronto a little bit better and keep them competitive out there after they win after they won a championship game. But he decided to come to the West Coast and join the Clippers. Did that make the Clippers a lot better? Yes, it did. Did that make the Clippers uh, 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 another threat in the West? Yes, it did. LeBron James came out West and made the Lakers competitive. You know, and, and, and it happens. It happens. So what do what what do teams need to do now to be more competitive? Do you stack the deck and hope for a win like Brooklyn did? Do you stack the deck like the Clippers did and lose? Last year, like they did, you know, like, do they lose? Because if memory serves me correctly, the Clippers were, was favored to win last year. The Clippers were favored to win with Kawhi Leonard being on the team. They had took out the Lakers three times last year. Don't get me wrong. I love my Lakers and I love my Wizards, but in the same aspect of breath, though, is, is this. Big three teams lose. Because they stack the deck so many, t- they stack the deck up so much that you don't have, sometimes you don't have all that chemistry that you need to win. Sometimes it takes a team a, uh, maybe two years just to get in there and say, okay, yeah, we could be competitive now. You got to remember these teams are coming off of COVID years. They're coming off of COVID era time frame. We're still in the COVID era, though, but they're coming off the COVID era. LeBron just won the championship last year. It's going to be kind of hell and it's going to be hell in high waters if the Lakers even think that they can make it back to the finals this year because LeBron ain't playing as healthy as he was last year with a high ankle sprain uh, uh, that he's dealing with right now. We don't know. But I can tell you this year, though, the the playoffs are going to be competitive. It's going to be competitive on one side. If Brooklyn don't take over the East Coast like they're supposed to, it's going to be competitive on one side. Notice I didn't mention the Milwaukee Bucks. Notice I didn't mention Giannis Antetokounmpo, former league MVP. 
Notice I didn't mention him. Why did I mention the Milwaukee Bucks is why everybody's saying right now, probably in their heads, once they listen to this show. Well, I didn't mention the Milwaukee Bucks, though, because of the fact the matter is, is that the Bucks wind up choking in the playoffs. They choke so hard in the playoffs. How do you get to the playoffs? You played a great regular season. You get MVP and you choke in the playoffs. And lose. It's handed to you for the East Coast. The East Coast is wide open for some team to go out there and defend the East. Defend the East and y'all choked and lost. Yes, I understand that you're a dominating big man in Giannis Antetokounmpo, but it's not enough. Y'all, you, you, the Milwaukee Bucks got so much defense on them. They got a better team than what they're putting out there in the playoffs. They are a better team than what they're putting out. They are a better team than what they're showing us in the playoffs. We know this team has capabilities of winning a championship. They have the right tools on their team to win a championship. All you got to do is apply it. Just like you do in the regular season games, you can dog teams, you can beat teams. Just like you do in the regular season, you got the potential to do it in the playoffs. It's the same teams that you already went up against. You're just doing it for four games. I mean, a seven game series. You got to be in the best. Out, I mean, the best of four games. I mean, best of seven, and got to win four of the seven. You got to win four of the seven games. Try your best not to get to the seventh game. In the first round, try your best not to get to the seventh game in the second round. You might go all seven games in the third round of the playoffs because that's the Eastern Conference Championship. We're not expecting a straight sweep like LeBron was doing to Toronto before they got help, before LeBron left. That was the only time frame once LeBron left the East Coast that Toronto stood up, got Kawhi Leonard, and made it something of themselves. And won a championship off that same year. Let me say this again. Toronto didn't step up and make it past the third round without Kawhi Leonard's help. And that remarkable shot that just went, this so happened to go in by Kawhi Leonard that year. Kyle Lowry would have never probably won a championship if LeBron stayed out east. LeBron was sweeping that team by itself with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Or whatever team he played on, he swept that team. Just kept sweeping them. Just pull out your broomsticks and just call a sweep. He did it by himself. Toronto had no fight in the game at all, period. They had no fight. LeBron just was a locomotive in the East and just took out the East Coast single-handedly. It didn't come down to... It didn't come down to until the NBA Finals when LeBron ran into a little bit of pressure against Golden State and them boys. Kyrie Irving was on the team at the time frame. And them boys went out there and they battled the whole seven-game series, East versus West. Formatting game. That's when the pressure came on. That's when the gears had to change a little bit, though, to beat a team of three-point shooters. Who can shoot the three from anywhere? Him and Stephen Clay just out there shooting threes from nowhere. Draymond Green getting rebounds out of nowhere on Tristan Thompson, making it look easy. Kevin Love playing a little soft. Kevin Love playing a little bit of soft. But it wasn't until they turned on the gears and they won the NBA Finals, that second year, they won it. They beat Golden State. Golden State got lucky enough to get KD on their team, won a championship, went back the second year with KD, KD gets hurt. They remarkably pull off. KD gets hurt. Tristan, I mean, and 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 the doggone Toronto Raptors just so happenedly, just so happenedly, 
beat Golden State that year when they the odds were when the odds was never in Toronto's favor. Toronto had no chance to beat the uh, the Golden State Warriors that year. No chance in hell to beat them. Fully loaded the way they were. No chance in hell to beat them that year. But somehow, some way, KD gets back on the court. The game changed. The game kind of changes a little bit, though. We was all trying to see the Kawhi Leonard versus KD kind of outlook and what that could present to somebody out there. Can Kawhi Leonard shut down one of the best two-way players in the league today? Can he shut down Kevin Durant? This seven-foot-tall monster. Can he shut him down? Was the question. If he was healthy. Now I know Golden State right now is suffering right now without Clay right now. Steph's still pulling out some wins for his team. Him and Draymond Green and the rest of the boys out there pulling out some wins, you know, in their in the Golden State fashion though. And it's trying to show everybody that they don't need Kevin Durant on their team. But without the Splash Brothers being in the backcourt, you really have no court. You really don't have that edge to, 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 to get taken off, though, a little bit, though, because Clay is not on the court no more. Clay is one of the best defenders on that team. Steph might be the greatest shooter, but Clay is the, definitely one of the great, one of the best shooters and the one of the best defenders on that team. One of the best defenders on that team. He can lock you down and play both ways. He can dish the ball out and still. Get his man, uh, get, still get his points. Nobody's denying none of this stuff. But I can tell you this though: come next season, when Clay is healthy, y'all better be on the brinks of watching out for Golden State to make a repeat and a shot at making the NBA Finals or at least making the Western Conference Finals next year once Clay gets back healthy and strong because I, ha- I I have no doubt in my mind Clay is sitting back right now just as hungry as hell just for another shot at playing basketball again. Y'all better look out for Clay. Clay is healthy and strong. Y'all better look out for Clay Thompson in the coming days because come next season, if he's healthy and strong, these boys got a chance. And we have seen it before, time after time again. Now, how much stress has been put on Steph Curry's body? We don't know after playing a whole season without his his right-hand man. Playing a whole two seasons without his right-hand man, being on the court with him. After due to injury. We don't know what his body is and, and his mindset is. But I can tell you right now, the Splash Brothers come back. It's the two light-skinned boys out there. They're going to be splashing three-pointers. Every which way. So y'all better get ready for this. Y'all better get ready and get prepared. Because it's coming y'all way. It's coming. So I'm going to take a brief commercial break, everybody, for a minute. And I'll be right back with more of the Realist Sports Show, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all. It's Tony. I'm here today to tell you about my small business called Financially Tone. Financially Tone provides bookkeeping services to small service-based businesses who are looking to free themselves from the stress and confusion of dealing with the books on their own and who want to devote more time to other things like growing their business, traveling, or spending time with their family. We provide full bookkeeping services, which includes accounts receivable, accounts payable, payroll. We also provide cleanup services and QuickBooks setup. If you're interested, please reach out to us and let us know how we can help. You can reach us on our website at financiallytone.com. You heard it here first on The Realist Sports Show. All right, everybody, I'm back live here in the den. Um, I went over a lot of different things. Uh, the Splash Brothers. NBA, who the hell wants Tim Tebow on their team as a tight end? You know, a lot of different things. This show is also brought to you here by everybody by MrRSauces.com. 
if y'all want some sauces, y'all want some recipes, y'all want whatever the case may be, this show is brought to you by, y'all got to go on the website and go to Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R-R sauces.com and y'all can find some of the hottest sauces in the DMV area right now at your grass. And the sauces are very, very cheap. The the When I went in there, the sauces are like $9 a bottle. You could pay $9 a bottle. This shows, you know, I, I tell y'all this, because the sauces are great and they're delicious. They're deliciously great. So go, please, go check that out, y'all. Go check it out. Go go buy a bottle and see how many flavors you get just off of one bite of a chicken wing. Or to get the, to get the uh, flavor of a french fry. Check it out, y'all. How many flavors hit y'all at one time frame by getting Mr. R sauces? His recipes are amazing, everybody. I'm trying to tell y'all, the sauces are amazing. Go check that out, everybody. This show is also brought to you by Financially Tone. Y'all, the, the one of the best bookkeepers I can ever tell y'all. Tony has a great bookkeeper services that's that is across the land for small-time business owners and even large-time business owners. She can keep your books tidy and together. I know y'all just heard a commercial break from her and her uh, demographics of what she's doing. Hit her up. If you've got a small-time business, everybody, please go hit her up. If you've got a small-time business and you need your books kept up together, hit her up for it. She can keep your books together high and tight. I vouch for her. I put my stamp on that one. As everybody stand nowadays, I stamp on that. She's one of the best bookkeepers I know going forward. Give her a call. Give her a shout out. It's on the page. If y'all if y'all need a website for her um, to check her out, go to the Real Sports Shows page and you can find the website right on our page. On the Real Sports Shows Facebook page. I've highlighted it on the page right then and there for everybody to go check it out. All right, so we're going we're going to kind of get into a, a couple more topics for the show after this, you know so we can wrap up the show a little bit though. Um my producers are kind of telling me we need to wrap up a little bit though. So um going into the NFL right now. I'm going to talk about the Washington football team for a minute though. Y'all know I got to talk about my team. I can't do a show without talking about my team for a minute. And, and you know, the previous draft picks that we just picked out and how our team just got a little bit better in contention for the for the NFC East title. So um, one thing I want to say right now, I want to take a moment of silence for Colt Brennan. I don't know if anybody remembers him, though, but he used to be a Washington quarterback back in his time frame uh, from 2005 to 07, he played for the University of Hawaii. He was a Heisman Trophy winner in 2007. Colt Brennan died on Monday at 37 years old, according to the Hawaii News. Details surrounding Brennan's death aren't currently known, but he was believed to have been in a re- uh, at a rehabilitation facility in California before his death. Um, you know, my heart and soul goes out to the family. Washington drafted him in 2008. A preseason star for the um, for Washington, Brennan was behind Jason Campbell on at, on the quarterback depth chart during his two seasons with the football team. However, he quickly became popular with the fans for his style of play. Brennan was released by Washington in 2010 and briefly played for the Oakland Raiders. Brennan also spent time on spent time in the CFL and the UFL and in the Arena Football League. You know. Uh, like I said, everybody, my heart and my feelings go out to him. He could have, um, he definitely had a successful career playing with everybody, um, playing in Washington for those two seasons, sitting on the bench a little bit, though, I should say. But uh, yeah, sat on the bench a little bit, though. So he was right behind Jason Campbell in case anybody didn't know. But I want to talk about our new linebacker that we just picked up in the draft last year, um, this past week. Uh, or so, 
Jamin, uh, Jamin Davis with the number 19 pick um, in last month's 2021 draft. The move was as a, uh, as a positive one as many around the NFL as many around the NFL believed, as Washington desperately needed a linebacker, and Davis was largely viewed as someone who was who has his best football ahead of him. Now, for this boy to jump on our team and for us to go pick him up at the linebacker position, Washington needed that badly, a middle linebacker to go out there and could play the middle linebacker position. Um, you know, I I can't tell y'all how much that was a big pickup for Washington. I can strenuously say that was a great move for Washington. And picking up corners, picking up safeties, you know, in the draft, that was very good help for our defense. And picking up a wide receiver in the draft, which is another great position that we needed help with. At You know what I mean? It was a great position to pick up. I want to say Washington hasn't had a great middle linebacker and, you know, since, and I can't think of his name right now, people. I I really can't. And, and, and I know I should be better at this though, but sometimes you know how, when you have a linebacker on your, on your head, on top of your dome, or you got a player name on at the top of your head and you just can't think about it though right now. And and it is so hard, you know, so hard to think about right now, though. But either way, still, while I look it up right quick, um, Washington hasn't had a, a, a middle linebacker in a while. And it, it, it's been crazy for us to say that we ever had a good, I mean, it's crazy enough to say that Washington needs a lot of help. They needed a lot of help for that position right in there. So for us to get one, it was great. It was a great pickup. Very good pickup. And I'm going to tell you all his name right now. Um, I'm going to tell you all his name. Well, we'll get back into that real quickly. We'll get back into that. But defensive-wise, I believe that Washington is set. Offensive-wise, everybody keeps saying that they want to get Aaron Rodgers for this team. Everybody wants to go get Aaron Rodgers. And this team was willing to give up a lot of things for Aaron Rodgers to be on this team. Why, I would never know why anybody would want to go get a 39-year-old quarterback. Yes, he's an MVP caliber quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Much respect to Aaron Rodgers. Don't get me wrong. He's a lot of has a lot of respect for him. We got a lot of respect for him. I want to see the future of this team quarterback come here. Now, Dwayne Haskins didn't pan out to be the best quarterback that we needed for this team because of work ethic. But yes, we got Fitzmagic playing at the tail end of his career, though. But Fitzmagic is a better quarterback than Dwayne Haskins is. Yes, he's a journeyman. He is a journeyman. Might be the right fit for this team. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it it's you know it, it it's 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 a dream goal. You know what I mean? It's a dream goal for him to play on his team and to go out there and have success that he did with the um Miami Dolphins, I should say. He had a lot of success with the Miami Dolphins. Shout out to his career with the Miami Dolphins. But yeah, I think this offense can surround, I mean, can, can get better with him being on his team. And we can also look in the draft of next year and finding our future 
quarterback in the draft next year. Although this was a quarterback draft this year, but it was more so a defensive draft this year, though, I should say. And a wide receiver draft. If you needed a wide receiver in this draft, you, you got one. If you needed one of the quarterbacks in the draft, you got one. You got to got one. But if you didn't pick it up in, in the offseason, then you still got that too. But for Aaron Rodgers to come to D.C., yeah, I would have liked it five years ago. That would have sounded lovely to me five years ago. Maybe even 10 years ago, I would have loved Aaron Rodgers to come here. Just maybe. But Aaron Rodgers, D.C., with Fist Magic, you got to get rid of one. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is a tremendously better quarterback. No questions asked. Way better quarterback than fucking Fitzmagic. He is way better than that. But at the same token of breath, though, is... At the, in the same token of breath, though, I still would take Fitzmagic over Aaron Rodgers any day for right now for our football team. Just a better chemistry with the players. Aaron has a... He has a take-no-shit attitude. I get that. I, I, I really truly get that, though. But you got a ring. Let let one of these players that don't have a ring try to make something of themselves and bring Rochester to glory. Yeah, you can still throw the ball downfield, so can Fitzmagic. But you don't take the options to run the ball anymore, Aaron. And that proved that last year, last season, during COVID last season, when you, when you had an option to run the ball, and you did not run the ball for the touchdown that could have saved your game. You had the game wide open. You could have scored a touchdown to win the game against Tampa Bay, and you did not take the option less given. You went the road of throwing the football instead of running the football. And it was a wide open lane. But I'm going to leave it right there, though, people. I'm going to leave this right here. I thank y'all for listening to the show. And, you know, I thank I thank y'all. I thank y'all. I can't thank y'all enough for, you know, entertaining the show and listening to the show again. I'm Mark, a.k.a. The Vet Job, and y'all been listening to The Real Sports Show. And we're still going to play the bullshit anthem for Tebow because this show has been brought to you by if you got a penny to pay somebody, pay Tim Tebow not to play for your team, though. So... I'm going to play the bullshit after for that. Hey, y'all stay tuned for next week's show or this week's show, everybody. Thank y'all for listening to the show. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. And we'll be back. Yeah, turn in the good shit. We out, y'all. Uh...